Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yachts, and today my guest is Nikayla Knox. This is part two of my interview with her. She is a director, an actress, a writer, and she did a film called Couch Party, which you can see on Tubi. Enjoy. So let's talk a little bit about, um, I watch Complicated. Talk, yes. talk a little bit about Complicated. Love Complicated. So yeah. it was, or still is, like my longest short film, but the yeah. difference hidden agenda and complicated is complicated i was the writer i was the director i was also the editor and um certain parts of complicated i feel like like i actually shot myself like the ones that i weren't in so i shot mm-hmm. that myself. so i kind of did everything myself on that one which was a huge experience for me because I know how to edit, but I do not like to edit. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody does. <laughs> I don't know. Some, some, actually, I met one guy that likes it, and I'm just like, how do you enjoy this? <laughs> it is like time, so time consuming. And me, like, I feel like I get obsessive over it because I'm like, it has to be perfect. And then if there's something I can't do or there's something that, you know, I, I just don't have the skill set to do, then I get really frustrated because I'm like, oh my goodness. But, Love that film. Um, it came at the right time. Complicated mm. was the first film that I did when I moved to Winston-Salem. So after I graduated, I went back home to Greensboro. Uh, not Greensboro, sorry. I went back home to Charlotte. And then I moved to Winston-Salem um, because I was working. I was the head of film for G. Davis mm. Productions in Winston-Salem. Yeah. So it was my first project I was doing, you know, up in Winston. And... I feel like it just, it really just kind of spoke to me. It was a fun story. Um, And it was really great to come together with like my friends at the time. And, you know, we knocked it out. We were all in my apartment, like all of the scenes that are like in the house. That's my apartment. So, you know, that was brand new. That's when I had first got my little puppy. I have a Chipu. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw saw that on, on Facebook. Yeah. There's pictures of him on set. He was a little puppy. He's not even bigger than the slate. So yeah. <laughs> it was great. I was uh, very because it let me know that I, I myself had the skill to go from start to finish by myself. What I the scene that I that I really like in that movie is when you're pulling the makeup off. Yes. And you're just seeing you got the you got the little the ECU. And I like that you just took the time and you just let us all kind of really let us in. Like that, that, that's the scene that like kind of just bored into me. It's like, oh, I really like that scene. Probably one of the, the most, the most emotional scene to shoot. Yeah. Um, because Complicated was like loosely based off of like, you know, crazy relationships that I personally had. So yeah. to deal with somebody who literally was like verbally abusive like that and would make you kind of question like, you know, things that you did all the time. So to kind of go back and like relive that, even though, you know, your acting can still hit home. And I feel like, you know, especially when it comes to makeup, makeup is something that, you know, most women put on because they they like it. Like it makes them feel better or it, you know, you can really see their features that maybe you couldn't see with makeup on. So imagine doing all of that. You're thinking you look good and somebody comes behind you and they're like, no, like, you know, you look terrible, take that off. And they're like forcing you to take off something that you thought looked good. So now you feel insecure about yourself. 
going out. Yeah. Great scene. Yeah. Probably one of my, <laughs> uh, the guy right, the guy right before, you know, he's, he's basically dressing you down, which leads us into yeah. that, into that scene where, where you're doing, you don't show it to him, but when you go in there, you know, we see that he really affected you. Exactly. And that's, and that I think is how a lot of abusive relationships start. It just starts with something verbal like that mm-hmm. and not realizing that and that just becoming the norm. And once that becomes the norm, it's really hard to get away from that. And you get like the Stockholm syndrome of like, oh, looking for it. You literally start believing it. Like like yeah. with somebody that's super, you know, verbally abusive, they'll start making you believe things that obviously aren't true. Right. It's not true you but they'll make you believe it because they talk yeah. about it so you know so yeah I've, I've watched some of your interviews you've talked about the law of attraction and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit but here i think it's applicable people like to think of the law of attraction as it's only works for good things it's like no it can work for bad things too and in some ways being in some kind of relationship like that almost puts you in the law of attraction of i'm not good enough it and does it's and i think know, People don't even realize, like me, love law of attraction. It's something I use every day. And I think it's something, you know, I don't think I would be where I am today if I hadn't discovered the law of attraction. Like I remember being in school um, and that's when, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but there used to be like a little documentary on Netflix called The Secret. That's a good film. Yes. So, and they talked all about law of the attraction and then, you know, I started applying it and I could see that it was working. And I think that's still like my superpower today. <laughs> like yeah. say thing, like people sometimes say when they talk to me, it's almost kind of like amazing because I say things and I say it so confidently that people are like, Oh, okay. Like she's going to do that. She said she was going to do that. So she's going to do it. That was literally what happened with couch party before, before I had the money, before I had anything, I was like, I'm going to finish the script. I'm going to film it. It's going to be my first feature. So anytime somebody would talk to me, that would come out of my mouth. I'm going to do this, do that. And then it gets done. And I think that's kind of like my superpower. Like I literally can speak to existence. It's interesting because, you know, when you talk to, you know, creative like us, you need that vision to be able to see it before it actually has happened. And I think that's hard for people to to grasp because everything is so... um, reactionary like oh i didn't get this and is but you're not looking at the longer term here okay you know what what is the longer story where do you really want to be you know you didn't get that audition but where do you want to be after that maybe that maybe if you got that audition you wouldn't be on the road to where you want to be and it's the same thing with that you you know you're 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 visualizing um you're saying the words i'm you're confirming it i'm going to go out there and i'm going to make this and it's going to happen not saying maybe it's going to be just saying it's going to happen. Um, another way you could say it is you could almost, you know, they talk about seeing it and be- feeling it before it's actually happened, which mm-hmm. I think is the hardest thing to do. That's why I like um, Esther and Jerry Hicks who were a part of uh, the, the secret, but mm-hmm. they felt, um, I don't know, something happened that they let them get taken out. But when you see the secret, it misses that part of how it works and right. they're they're like the best at explaining how it works and it's all about that feeling but you got to feel that even when you're not really wanting to feel it so it's yeah. that process of feeling something 
before it's happened. And it, it, it's. Oh, I was just going to say um, it is. But I think for me, too, you kind of have to figure out like how you can tie it in. Like like me, I'm a religious person. I'm a Christian. So for me, it ties back in with faith. Like, yeah. you know, I believe that, you know, God is going to do everything that he said he was going to do for me, whether that's tomorrow, next year, three years from now. 10 years from now, I still believe that. I wake up every day and I believe that. Like I wake up every day and I believe that, you know, even though I can't tell you when, I can't tell you how, I can't yeah. tell you, I know that, you know, I didn't get placed here to not be a director. Like I know that's what I'm here for. I have the faith in that. And I have the faith that, you know, he's going to bring that to fruition. And I feel like that comes with the law of attraction too, because it's like, I believe this It's now a part of me. So now everything I do around it is just attracting all of that to me. I think that's a big, you know, if you're really. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I do want to talk about more of the law of attraction, but let's, let's go to now couch party. Uh, one thing I want to ask is the, the original title was, um, what is the original title? Coma I, I want to make sure that. I, what is it? Coma couch. Coma couch. Why did I write coma sofa? I, I knew it was wrong and I was like there's something wrong on here it was like I know it's coma but I couldn't but I wrote coma sofa I'm like that doesn't make sense it's co yeah, yeah coma couch so uh, how did that um let's go back let's go back to talking about you know uh couch party how that how that came about like where did the idea uh present itself to you yeah so I was a part of like a writer's group and mm -hmm. Uh, we were trying to figure out different ideas and things. So basically the deal was in this writer's group that, you know, you would work with the guy and if he liked your idea and liked the script, he would then go and produce the scripts. So at that time it sounded great because I'm like, oh, like this is a good opportunity for me. Um, so I'm in the writer's group and we're trying to figure out, you know, different ideas. And I, so when I first got my apartment, I got this big sectional and everybody that would come over when they sat on the couch, they would go to sleep. Like it never failed. Anybody who came and sat on that couch went to sleep. So we kind of made a joke and called the couch. Oh, it's the coma couch. So like if somebody fell asleep on the couch, they'd be like, oh, the, the coma couch got me. So when we were talking about brainstorming, I was like, oh, like if I have this couch, what if like you know, girls were somehow using this couch to get money, couch party. And we just kind of ran with it from there. Interesting. That's great. So it just came from that like simple idea of somebody sitting on your, on your sofa and just falling into coma. I assume you kind of changed the name. Is there like coma couch? Sounds like a, sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> down to get in distribution a lot of the people we were dealing with you know they really liked the film but they didn't like the title they were like you know we don't think that'll sell or some people were saying like you know they thought that it would invoke negative feelings yeah <laughs> so, on the couch yeah. <laughs> you know it sounds, it sounds like a uh a couch that where you fall into a deep coma <laughs> i mean that's essentially what it is <laughs> But yeah, no, when you're dealing with, yeah, you know, distribution stuff. Yeah. They're, they're like, Oh, that's good. Yeah. Have you ever seen that Christopher guest movie where he, he makes, they're making a movie. It's called home for Porum. 
And by the end of it, it's just called home to home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. That first one is like, it's like if you're in that creative space, you come up with a title yeah. and think it's the best thing ever because that's what you came yeah. up with. And then like after you say it or hear other people say it, or like you get the distribution and they bring up all these things you didn't think about, you're like, okay, guys, we can change the name. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now I've gotten used to couch party. I think it, it's definitely a little yeah. bit more, it's a little bit more fun. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it invokes, you know, fun. Oh, party, couch, you know, exactly. coma couch. Like, oh my God. Is this a horror film? Am I, yeah. <laughs> am I going to die? It's about a couch that kills people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you you shot that in five days. Five days, five long days, yes. Talk about that. Because that's something where you have to you have to really have your stuff together to be able to do something like that. Yeah. So I also first AD. So I do that quite a bit as well. So when it comes to scheduling and things like that, I would say, you know, I'm I'm pretty good at that. So I actually planned everything out. And what happened was, even though I'm great at planning, there's also the things that you can't plan for, like the restaurant, you know, being like, hey, y'all can't shoot here anymore. Or, (laughs) you know, actors not showing up or, you know, so it got to the point where I was like, okay. The original script for Couch Party or Coma Couch, the original script was like 120 pages, which mm. now that I know what I know is entirely too long, you will not get in 120 pages. <laughs> Especially for a comedy. I mean, this is comedies vary more on, on the shorter side. Exactly. So what we did was when we got to the point where we were like, hey, we're probably going to run out of time and nobody has money to you know, add additional days on here. We went through the script and literally X'd out everything that we were like, this isn't necessary. We can piece this together if we do this. We went through and at that point it was like, okay, this is what we have left to shoot. Anything that we couldn't get to, we figured out a way to piece it together or figured out like, okay, no, we're not going to do this. Also couldn't spend a lot of time on the scenes, which is something that, you know, I would actually like to do. For my mm. next project, I feel like everything had to be pretty quick. You know, two, three takes, we got it, let's go. You know, I would yeah. like time to spend because I think for me, I think one of my skills is when I do cast, I tend to pick actors who, not to say they don't need direction, but like they learn the character so well. And that's what I want. I don't want to tell you how to do everything. I want to give yeah. you the situation and let you play with it. Like, I want to see what your version is. And if there's something that I don't like or I think could be better, we'll talk about that. So I my actors were great. Um, they learned all the lines. They were really good at that. And what they didn't know, they made it work. And it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of planning, honestly. And being able to think on the fly. Because there's some people where if they get told no or something doesn't go according to plan. They yeah. break down. The world is over. And now they don't know what they're going to do, you know? Me, I'm okay. Yeah. We can't do this. All right. So, what can we do? Because we're gonna do it. We're getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> How are we? Yeah. Gonna exactly. It's it's very yeah, very run and gun. You know, I'm just surprised. Yeah, actors show. That's so sad. See, I, I think actors sometimes give themselves a bad re- reputation because 
they'll somebody one person does that, and now the director remembers that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 so it's, and it contaminates you know the the actors you know job. But I mean it's unfortunate. I mean there's a lot of actors that won't you know read the script, won't you know, but they just I, read their lines. <laughs> to me, one of the things that I had to learn that I'm so big on now is that. You know, I totally understand there's levels to everything and you can't start off on the high level when you first start. You just can't. So for me, I'm like, to me, I feel like the level that I'm on now is like I can't go below being a professional. And if you are showing up to my set and you don't know your lines or whatever, then that means that you're not a professional and therefore we can't work. Like I can only work with professionals at this point because it's like I'm past the stage of like being a rookie or being like, oh, like this is something we're doing for fun. I'm like, no, this is a business. Mm -hmm. Like this is a business. This is a career. Therefore, I'm going to be professional. I need everybody around me to be professional or you just can't come, period. So show up, know your stuff. (laughs) Is this no time? There's no time, especially on, on that shoot, when you've got five days, there's no time to, everybody's got to know this stuff. Yeah. Um, if you had more time, I mean, it's still good, you know, you want to know your lines so that, you know, you can play around. That's, that's the fun part. You do the, you do the homework, you do the work, you do the character work, you read books, you learn about the character and learn things, and then you can play around with it. You know, if you're just, you know, I don't know my lines, it's like. What can you do? <laughs> like, though, if you're an actor and you're a professional actor, then you know, like, not knowing your lines doesn't just affect you. It affects the whole production. And I feel like if yeah. you know, that's why you don't do those things, because you literally know, like, hey, if I don't know my lines and I'm making them do, like, you know, 10 takes, I'm now costing yeah. money. Well, went from three takes is now, you know, 10 takes, you know, 20 takes. You know. And now we're three hours behind because I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Stanley Kubrick talks about that. Uh, what was it? Um, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio came to talk to our school and he, he told us how this guy kept messing up his line. But Stanley is a very interesting guy, eccentric guy. He didn't tell him what he was doing wrong. So he just kept saying the take number. And he'd be like, take number this, take number that, take. Or it would have been much better if he just, you know, went up to there. But the point is, yeah, you got to know your stuff. Okay, that about does it for part two of my interview with Nikayla Knox. I want to thank her personally. As always, you can find me at Justin Yachts. Please like, share, and subscribe, and consider checking out the YouTube channel. And I will see you next time on the DMF.